May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, today is Christmas Day, and it's the day that we reflect on the birth of Christ. And we know the story so well, don't we? We know exactly what happened on that first Christmas Day. But we often, I think, we fail to reflect on why it happened. Why was God doing that on the first Christmas Day? Now imagine for me, with me for a moment the entire universe from God's perspective. Imagine the stars and the planet, the moons and the galaxies that God had created, each twirling around following their own paths that he had set for them. God had created them all. How? I don't know. I let the scientists try and discover that, but I know that God did it, and it was working well. And God saw that it was good, but yet he was not satisfied. There was something missing. He wanted to create something else. He wanted to create living beings he could love and who could love him back. Not because they had been programmed to do so, but because they can do it from their free will. He wanted to create beings in his own image, who like him could choose between good and evil, who would have a heart to love with, and a mind to think with, and a soul to distinguish them from all other creatures. So God chose one of the planets, not the largest one and not the one in the center, but the most beautiful one. He chose the one called Earth the one astronauts have called a luxurious green jewel among the hurling habitants of space. God selected the earth to create human beings in his own image, not because he needed them, but for no other reason than to love them and for them to love him back. He created humans and gave them a beautiful garden to live in, and first everything worked exactly as he had planned. God loved them, and they loved him back. And they lived peacefully in the garden that God had given them, and God had trusted them. He had given them the task of taking care of this beautiful garden and the planet Earth for them. But then something happened. Something went terribly wrong. Evil entered the scene. Humans got seduced by wealth and power, and instead of living a life of love and holiness as God had planned, they were doing the opposite. Instead of loving God, they rebelled against God. And for all practical purposes, the earth had sold out to the enemy. The earth had become occupied territory. Now what? Now what was God supposed to do? Of course, God was God. He could have done anything he wanted. He could have sent an army with heavenly beings to come crashing down on earth and destroy the enemy and take back the captured territory. Or he could have sent a natural disasters like a massive earthquake or a volcanic eruption that would have covered the earth with burning lava. God could have done all of these things, but he didn't. Why not? Because he loved the earth. It was his special planet, and he loved the human beings he had created to have a special relationship with. If he wanted to win back the human beings to him again, and to love him again, the use of destructive force would not have worked. 
That would have been the end of his plan for human beings, who he could love and who could love him back. He had to come up with a plan that would win them back out of their own free will. And he had to do it before they were destroying themselves. So God came up with a plan that someone has called a benevolent invasion. Now we all know that benevolent invasion is an oxymoron. Benevolent means kind-hearted and an invasion implies the show of force. A benevolent invasion is a term that tyrants use to force their will on others. I'm invading you, but it's for your own good. Yeah, right. It's their way to show others who is boss. And God could have done that. He had every right to show us who is boss. After all, it was his creation, and he had the power. But he didn't use that kind of power. Instead, God made a benevolent invasion of the planet by sending a baby. Can you think of a more humble, a more less threatening way to invade the world? Can you imagine a less suspect, a less threatening way to enter the world than by the birth of a baby? If God wanted to make a benevolent invasion of the world, was that the way to do it? A baby is the way we all enter the world and nothing could be less suspicious. And instead of using the power of mighty armies and natural disasters, he used the power of a baby. But you might say, well, babies don't have any power. In fact, they are the most helpless of all creatures that are dependent on their mothers longer than any other creatures. But I've discovered that babies have more power than you think. As any grandparent knows, a baby can turn your life upside down. It can turn your house upside down. It can turn a grumpy old grandpa into a soft marshmallow. And it can put a big smile on the face of the most serious person. It can bring people together who have never talked to each other. I don't know any more powerful in creating peace and tenderness and love than a little baby. And I believe that God knew that, that what no powers and armies could accomplish, a little baby could. And he sent a baby to earth to invade the world with love and kindness. But to send a baby on earth it meant he needed a mother to deliver the baby. So to find that mother, he went to a little town called Nazareth. It was as if God went out of his way to find the humblest of all places. Now we know that every country has a place that they look down on, right? They make jokes about, a place where people talk funny. And in the people of Israel, Nazareth was such a place. Can anything good come out of Nazareth, people would say? And the answer was, of course not. And that was the place that God chose for the mother, for the baby he was going to send on earth. He chose a peasant girl, a teenager, who had barely reached puberty. She was living with her parents, but marriage arrangement had already been made for her. The dowry had been paid, and a marriage contract had been signed, and now all she had to do was wait till the day of her wedding when she and Joseph could start living together. Her name was Mary, or Miriam in Greek. She was the one chosen by God to fulfill his plan of a benevolent invasion of the earth. God sent an angel to the earth to let her in on his plan. Gabriel, his trusted messenger who had just returned from bringing a message to Zechariah, 
the old priest, that he was going to have a son called John, Gabriel was given the job to tell Mary of the plan that God had for her. And when Gabriel arrived, Mary's mind was occupied with the chores he had to do that day and with plans for the wedding. Shalom, he said. Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was floored. The baby said that she was, the Bible says that she was greatly troubled. I don't doubt about that. But Gabriel continued quickly to put her mind at ease. Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. She relaxed a little bit. His warm tone of voice made her feel less threatened. Yet who was he? Where did he came for? What was this? What kind of greeting was this for a peasant girl from Nazareth, favored by God? Her? It was also mysterious, and it gets more mysterious as Gabriel continues. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, Yeshua, which means God saves. He will be great, and he will be called son of the highest. The Lord will give him the throne of, the, of his father David. He will rule Jacob's house forever. There will be no end to his kingdom ever. See? going to have a baby? Mary was stunned. She looked around the room. He made it all sound so real. Was this all going to happen? And now, who was this man who spoke to her so boldly of the promises of God? She looked up. An angel? Could it be? He had paused. It was as if he was waiting for a response from her. Uh, how, how will this be? She stuttered. I, I'm a virgin. He must know that she wasn't married yet. And the angel answered, Dear child, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Her mind started to race. What would Joseph do when he found out that her baby was not his? What about her family? What about the baby? If he was so special, how would other boys treat him? And he was, it was all mulling around in her mind. And then the angel continues. Elizabeth, your relative, is also going to have a baby in her old age. In fact, she who is said to be barren is already in her sixth month. Elizabeth? She must have been in her 60s by now. She was having a baby. Nothing is impossible with God, Mary, the angel said. And then he stood there, just as he was waiting for an answer from her. I'm the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left. Gabriel had done his job. He had brought the message to Mary that God had called her to a very special task to be a mother of the baby who would descend to earth. And Mary had been obedient to God's calling. I am the Lord's servant, she said. May it be to me as you have said. God's plan for a benevolent invasion was coming together. God's plan to win back the planet Earth had begun. God's plan to get human love beings to love him again out of their own free will had started. God had started a plan of redemption of the Earth and all its inhabitants by showing them how much he loved them. He showed them the power of a little baby and the obedience of a peasant girl chosen to be special. God showed us that he loved us so much that he sent his only son 
not to condemn the world, but to save it. He wants us to love him back and to live in peace and joy again. It's now about 30 years later, and the baby has become an adult. He has traveled around the country telling people of the plan that God had for them. But his words and actions have showed them what it was like to live in what he called the kingdom of God. He taught people about the love of God, and he healed the sick. Those who were hungry, he gave to eat. He lifted up the poor and healed the brokenhearted. People started to follow him. They started to live like he did. But somehow, this had become a threat to the existing powers. They wanted people to follow them and control them. They didn't want them to follow this fellow, telling people about the love of God and the love for people. So they killed him. But after three days, he rose again from the dead, and the benevolent invasion of planet Earth continued. A small group of 12 disciples continued to what he had started. Others followed. Churches were formed, filled with people who believed that God has sent his only son into the world, not to condemn the world, but to save it. They had accepted Jesus as Lord of their lives. And now, as we celebrate Christmas together, and we reflect on what happened that first Christmas day, let us also reflect on why God had sent a little baby into the world. God invaded the world to show us his love for us, and God wants us to choose to love him again. So what will we choose? We can choose to follow the world full of selfishness and greed, or we can choose to follow Jesus and live the way he showed us, a life full of compassion, compassion for others. When we do that, we are part of his kingdom. We are the children of God. To God be all the glory. Amen.